our message this morning. We're continuing on this series, uh, uh, Not of This World. And Pastor Ralph kicked us off last week. We really appreciated last week, Pastor Ralph. And uh, he just answered the question, who are you? And boy, when we talk about identity, identity in Christ, we could spend two years doing sermons and not cover all that we would need to look at to exhaust the Word of God on identity. But specifically for this series that we're in right now, we're, we're talking about who are you in light of these dark days that we live in? Who are you in this season? There's some things that we really want to focus in on. And Pastor Ralph teed us up, you know, acknowledging that we're ambassadors in Christ, you know, that our identity is in him, that we're, to, we're in this world, but not of it. We're passing through. And that really ought to affect all of how we live our lives. And so now for this week and next week, uh, this is going to really be uh, two parts of this message in our series. I want to talk about who are you in confusing times? And uh, I, I, there, there's a, a weight uh, that I feel this morning in delivering this message. Uh, there's just been a weightiness as I've been preparing. There's been a, a weightiness this morning. And so, um, Lord, I just pray that you would have us, uh, help us to have ears to hear you and eyes to see you. And Lord, that you would accomplish what you desire to accomplish today, next week, in all of this series. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, you, you know, part of my job and the job for us as pastors as we serve you, our church family, uh, is to equip, uh, is to be faithful to the Word of God. And ultimately, you know, in, in light of last week with Pastor Ralph's message, you know, we're all going to stand before him face to face someday. You know, and the call is not for us to just start off believing, but the call is for us to finish well and to finish strong. And so when we stand before him, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, you know, in that, there's lots of things the enemy would love to do to trip us up, to take us out, to derail us, to get us off track with God, God's kingdom, the things of God. And so when we talk about who are you in confusing times, confusion and deception are uh, two very big uh, tactics that the enemy will use uh, in, in order to make a mess in a, in a believer's life. And so specifically this morning, let's actually take a look. Let's jump into 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. It says, but understand this. That in the last days will come or set in perilous times of great stress and trouble that is hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an, an inordinate or greedy desire for wealth. Uh, proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affections, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. It's pretty intense, huh? 
And, and when we look at the days that we're living in in our nation, certainly we know sin has always been in the world. But when we look at in our nation in particular, uh, we are living in perilous times, times that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. And so whether it's us looking out and seeing entire Christian denominations that have gotten into deception and moved away from doctrine that has been passed down from, you know, the beginning when Jesus walked the earth. And uh, I say the beginning, that's in the New Testament. The beginning of the New Testament in the book of Acts in our Bible have moved away from the Bible. You, you know, and, and we see prominent leaders all too often where we find out they've just totally moved off from solid, concrete, doctrinal stance, solid standing on the Word of God, moving into uh, strange doctrines is what the Word of God calls it. And then we see far too often people who have started the race well in the Lord, but only have gone to uh, em embrace philosophies of our age. That, have, that, that are filled with vain imaginations, filled with things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. People who the Bible says have departed from the faith. And there's, there's, there's uh, again, so many places now where, that we have the terminology today of people who have deconstructed their faith. And, and these are all steps where people have moved off course from the Lord's perspective. And so I just feel the weight of it is so important that we learn to live in a way where we would not be ensnared by the things that the enemy would want to ensnare us with. We're actually going to have a series later in the year that, that gets into more detail with this. But understand the context this morning. So who are you in confusing times? Lord wants us to be sure of that. The Lord wants us to be not given to deception, not given to confusion. And then all of these things, as we kind of set this introduction up, then of course, then we can add on to it the confusion of these last two years. And where friendships and fellowships have been severed and broken. And, and where there's been dissension and disunity inside the body of Christ, outside the body of Christ, people in community, uh, moving out of community and all of this stuff. Somebody's saying, well, you know, I respect and, and trust your walk with God. You're saying A, B, and C. I respect and trust your walk with God. And, and you're saying E, F, and G. Lord, this is confusing. So we're going to talk this morning, how do we navigate some of this? I, I'm, I'm not going to give answers for every scenario we're in for that specific scenario. But what we're going to do is look at the Word of God on how we can stay on track with Him, no matter what is shaking up all around us. Amen? So super, super sober topic we're looking at this morning. And, and, and I'm going to break it into two parts. We're going to be looking at 10 sources of confusion or deception in the Word of God. We'll do five today, and we'll do five next week. But I want you to understand as I talk about these things, and it's sobering, I want to give a solution for each one of these sources. So we're not just looking at things where we're leaving saying, uh-oh, I just got in high definition how much 
turmoil there is around me. That's not the goal of this morning. There is a goal that we would be sober, but that part of that is what we would say, but I am confident that if I live intentionally with my God, I will have handles to grab onto as we navigate the shaking that's going on in the world all around us. Amen? Amen. So there's good news in what we look at here today. And, and so echoing back into worship, uh, the, the Lord is with us. He is walking with us. We don't need to fear. But that same God who said, fear not, says in lots of places, be sober, be sober, be sober. So we can be joyful, as Pastor Ralph talked about on Wednesday night, and we can be sober. It's not either or. Can you say amen? amen. All right. So with that, Jesus uh, in Matthew 24 said, in verse 4 said, watch out that no one deceives you. So with that, let's look at 10 sources of confusion, again, starting today with five and then moving on to the other five next week. So first source of confusion for, for a believer is walking in the flesh. So when we talk about this term, the flesh, you know, the, the Bible tells us that, you know, as human beings, we have in an eternal spirit that's what becomes born again. That's what becomes alive to God. That's our eternal spirit. But as human beings, we have a soul, mind, intellect, and emotions, and we have a, 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 a physical flesh. But when the, when the Word of God refers to our flesh, it is referring to earthly appetites, but it's also referring beyond that. It's referring to everything in our nature that would want to wrestle against who God is and who He wants to be in our lives. Amen? So we get born again, and we begin this discipleship process, this journey of growing in Christ. It says in the word, more of him and less of me. That's a way of saying less of the flesh and more and more of the, the guy who's walking after the Spirit. And so the Word of God lets us know that the flesh and the Spirit war against each other. And we need to recognize that that's when, when we're told in the Word, we're to crucify that flesh daily. We're, we're to tell that flesh, you got no place in my life. I am by faith walking in the Spirit, walking after the Spirit with God. So, so here's what we're looking at in regard to deception and confusion. Uh, if we are walking in the flesh, then we're thinking in the flesh. Amen? And, and so, you, you know, uh, the Word of God tells us the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world system that we live in. It tells us in the Word of God that the things of God are not intellectually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. So we, you know, intellect, bringing our intellect in submission to Christ is important, but that is not the, the driver, just like our emotions are not to be our driver in our, in our life, right? It's to be our spirit man. And when we walk after the spirit, the word of God tells us, then we're not walking after the flesh. And notice in, in Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, right? And so when we talk about to live or to walk, that's talking about lifestyle. That's talking about habits. That's talking about what we do consistently. So do we have moments where we are in the flesh? You know, stub my toe, the battle with the flesh is on, right? 
you know, uh, you know, at time I open the coffee and the coffee goes everywhere, the battle with the flesh is on. Somebody cuts us off on the road, right? So I'm not talking about, you know, those, those daily battles. I'm talking, the word is talking here, and I'm talking this morning about what is our lifestyle. If we walk in the flesh, church, we're not going to be able to discern what the Lord is saying. We're not going to be able to put together what the picture is from God's perspective. Can you say amen? Right, because we look, you know, in the natural, it looks like the enemy is winning. But, but then God says, hey, from my perspective, I win, God says. And that's why we, we see in the word, he who sits in the heavens laughs. You know, because he knows the end from the beginning. So, so walking after the flesh, walking from an earthly perspective is going to get us into trouble. So what's the solution? By faith, walking in the Spirit. So our lifestyle consistently, intentionally aimed toward the Lord. Amen? So understand here, you, you know, there are pitfalls in the world around us that we're talking about here today. But we're not walking a tightrope over Niagara Falls with a chair in one hand and, you know, juggling chainsaws in the other hand, right? The Lord is with us as we walk through. This is not about perfection. This is not about one false move and that's it. This is about in our lifestyle, the Lord wants us to be delivered from confusion and deception. And as these days move on, it gets darker and shakier and more confusing. We're in a postmodern America, just thinking about it for my kids. So my 19-year-old my daughter uh, grew up as our culture was so radically departing from a Judeo-Christian foundation. That means that even if people didn't go to church, weren't living in the Word of God, at least there was a foundation of the things of God right? And now here we are, we, we're living in a day in our postmodern culture uh, where evil is being called good and good is being called evil, right? Where there's so much confusion. Back, back like in the book of Judges where it says everyone just did what was right in their own eyes. Lost, confused, dark, troubled, hostile toward God. That, that's the days that we're in. But we walk after the Spirit and we'll be walking with the Spirit. Amen. All right, a second one here. Now, now talking, now, so not walking after the flesh, that means taking inventory. What am, I, what am I percolating on all day long in conversation, in my media, in, in, in what I take in, in what I'm thinking on? Is that leaned towards the flesh or is that leaned toward the things of God? All right, so we're talking about let's, okay, we don't want to live in carnality. We can't do that. Now let me look at the other side of the coin here. Uh, second deception, being religious but not being in relationship. We can know the Bible. We can go to church. We can serve in 20 ministries and our heart can be far from God. We can be professional believers in not knowing his voice and being led by him. If we listen, we'll hear his voice. But what I'm saying here is we can, it's, it's not enough to have all the trappings. It's not enough to have our lifestyle has God's stuff in the lifestyle if our heart is disengaged from him. Can you say amen? Matthew 15, 2 and 3. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. And Jesus replied, and why do you break the commands of God for the sake of your traditions? 
And there was this entire picture, you know, the religious leaders of the time because they had engaged a professionalism of religion without a heart connected to God, the eternally existing Son of God walked the earth, stood in front of them, talked with them, showed miracles, signs, and wonders, and they missed him. Then there were others like Nicodemus who did have a heart after God. And it does say in Scripture, you know, in different times, different settings, and many priests and many of the, you know, the ruling council uh, followed Jesus from that day forward. So, so it's not that, you know, religion is bad. It's not that the trappings, as a matter of fact, at one spot, Jesus said, hey, everything they're instructing, they're on. Just don't do what they do, right, is basically what he said. Because they're not living it, they're not walking it. Looking like whitewashed tombs, but dead on the inside. You know, so, so, so when we live that way, that makes room, that makes us vulnerable for deception. How could they look Jesus in the face and miss God and miss him, right? Deception got in there. So what is the antidote? How do we, you know, uh, insulate and guard against that? We make the determination that relationship with God and devotion to Him is number one in our lives. And we fight ferociously to make sure that that stays in that place. And there's all kinds of, you know, different ways we do that in, in, in the relationships that we have, in our own personal quiet time with Him, in, in taking inventory of our own lives. I, I'm asking you to answer in your heart, but let me ask, how many of us, you know, watching online here in the room, how often do we take inventory, Lord, let me examine myself, right? Like it says in Scripture, to see that I'm in the faith, to see that I'm still walking it out. To see that I just didn't get the lingo down and the form of it, but a heart that's getting colder and colder and more callous and more callous. Come on, can you say amen? amen? So the solution to that is just making that decision. I will fight to make sure that I keep my love for him, my devotion to him, number one in my life. And that's going to safeguard us against that de deception. So we make the, the purposeful effort in our first point to walk after the spirit, to walk away from the things of the flesh. In this one, we're looking at making the intentional effort to keep relationship with him fostered and stirred up in our lives. All right, let's go to the third one. You tracking with me so far? Amen? Amen? All right, the third one, not understanding the nature of truth. And what we spoke about earlier, just in an entire generation has been impacted by the way the nature of truth has been embraced in our world around us. See, from God's perspective, from a biblical perspective, there is a truth there is a, a truth that is to be discovered. And the word also lets us know we can't get that truth figured out by ourselves. We need him to reveal that truth to us. Right? That, that he makes that really, really clear in scriptures. I mean, he tells us all we have to do is look at the, the universe, the world around us, and know there is a God. But it tells us in these last days he has revealed himself to us through his son. Right? And, 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 and the word of God is this revelation so that we could know and understand truth. But in our modern, postmodern generation here, the definition of truth has been uh, rearranged. And that's because the, the prince of this age, the enemy, 
has, has uh, worked overtime to work in this area. And so now truth isn't something to be discovered, it's something to be created. See, but, you know, and then when that works its way into the church where people get confused, we can shove confusion out right away because we know, all right, we want to do Old Testament. God said, I am the Lord your God. I change not. Wait, we want to do New Testament. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can build our lives on his word, and it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We are going to stay on track with him. But, but the, the demonic philosophy of our age has turned and said, nope, truth is for you to figure out what it is. And the centerpiece of this demonic philosophy is, and if you dare say that there is a truth at the expense of another, well, then you are just, <laughs> what, what are we calling it these days? You are just canceled, Right? I mean, that is just the one thing you cannot do. So when Jesus says, and, and we have that uh, in our notes here, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And there's a generation out there that, that would say, I don't want to hear that if that come, comes against what I've decided I want to be truth. Amen? And, and so it, it's created such confusion generations that have been raised in the church saying, well, I'm not really sure anymore. What I was sure on, I'm not sure on. And it's because the enemy is working overtime to try to make that a convincing statement. Who are you? And, and anytime the enemy comes, it's, it's uh, did God say? Did he really say? Can you really trust? And then he'll come in and he'll bring a portion of scripture that's a twisting of, of the truth. So we absolutely have to understand the truth correctly. But when we, when we understand the nature of truth as God reveals it, then we're going to be on a solid rock uh, as we face the shaking in the world around us. Amen? So what's the solution? Know what the Word of God says about the nature of truth. All right, the fourth one that we'll uh, look at here today <clears throat> is uh, tying in with this. Now, not being a lover of truth. Not being a lover of truth. So not only understanding the nature of truth, but uh, we need to be lovers of truth. And part of being a lover of truth is to ask ourselves, how much do we participate in what's not true? We call them fibs, exaggerations, leaving things out with the intent to deceive. Oh, I didn't lie. All right, but you worded things in such a way where you purposely gave a wrong impression. Come on. We can all say ouch to some of these things, right? We don't want to give any room for, for you know, any of that stuff. It tells us in uh, John 3.19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Sometimes the light turns on and we say, no, shut her off. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to have to talk about it. I don't want to have to own it. I don't want to have to acknowledge it. But, but what, a, what a, a, a troubling statement. We have to ask ourselves, in what other way do we participate in darkness? Do we love darkness? It, it says that we're not to love this world. 
And again, the context of that is we are to so love him that we're to operate in this world, again, realizing that we're just passing through it. You know, but ultimately we're going to be with him forever. So when we allow any measure of deception and when we find ourselves being um, enraptured, uh, intoxicated, infatuated, that's the word I was looking for. It took me three words to get there. Infatuated uh, with something that's darkness, that God calls darkness, that's where we got to grab ourselves by the ear, right, and say, nope. It's a prayer that I pray regularly and I will continue to pray, Lord, I need you to help me love what you love and hate what you hate. Lord, I, 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 need to, I need to see through your eyes. I need to see the world around me the way you do. And the enemy does a good job of making sin look innocent, right? Making sin look like it's not that bad. Certainly, we can look to our culture and pretty much anything goes, right? And this is all areas of uh, not being lovers of truth. So not just acknowledging the truth, but, but making a determination that we're going to be lovers of the truth. It's interesting, it tells us in Romans all about how uh, mankind began to worship the created rather than the creator, began to move away from God, basically began to move out of the light and into the darkness. And it tells us in Romans 1 that, that then God gave people over to, I believe it's in the King James, the New King James, a reprobate mind, a mind void of judgment. So when, when a person gets into loving the darkness, we lose our ability to judge and discern, right? And then deception can, in, can get in there and make a real mess. So the solution is to be a lover of truth. And when we talk about being a lover of truth, we can go to the book of Proverbs. It really tells us when it comes to truth and wisdom, and seeking after God and his ways, it gives us some really, really great pictures of the way we're to pursue God's truth. You know, pursue it the way we're uh, going after hidden treasure. You know, the way we're going after precious, priceless treasure is the way we're to be pursuing God's truth. Amen? Amen. All right, and the fifth one that we're going to look at here today, like I said, we're just going to look at these five, five things that will can bring confusion and bring deception. Walking in the wrong kind of wisdom. Walking in the wrong kind of wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from heaven, and there's a wisdom that comes from hell. And the, there's a wisdom of this age. Let's take a look at James chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but listen to what it says. This is so heavy, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. So this makes it clear for us. There's sometimes a wisdom. Let me give an example right from Scripture. You know, okay, what are we talking about? How do I know it's wisdom from the world versus wisdom from God? And, and this is a little further down the list because, you know, if we're, you know, 
pressing in after, after the Spirit, you know, and we're, we're walking in love and devotion to the Lord, and we recognize that that's truth, and that, man, that puts a whole lot of stuff off the plate that I got to not try to figure out whether it's truth or not. If it's not in the Word, if it's not in line with the Word, you know, um, and, you know, and then um, we become those that love the truth and are, are running after the truth. Well, how can I tell if it's, if it's earthly wisdom or it's wisdom from heaven. Well, you know, we read in, uh, you know, the story of uh, King Saul and David, right? So King Saul is chosen by God, but then uh, his heart gets off. He gets disconnected from God, and God judges him. I'm removing the, the kingdom from you, and, and God raises up David. And, and David is anointed by Samuel, by the prophet, to be the next king. And now uh, Saul just goes mad. He throws spears at him, tries to kill him, chases him down, and he's literally fleeing, hiding in caves, fleeing from Saul. And then one day, David and some of his men are, are hiding in a cave, and Saul comes into the cave to relieve himself. Earthly wisdom. You know, wisdom of this age, demonic, from all the men around him. And, and, and here, here's the thing. Here's why this, we got to be sober. David... You've been anointed by God to be king. That, that's biblical. That's true. Saul is a madman. That's true. Saul's been rejected by God. That's true. You should slay him right here now in the cave. God has given him into your hands. Doesn't that sound so spiritual? And yet David... David blew it big time, but somehow he's called a man after God's own heart because he knew God. And so with, with, this, with this temptation to come in and seize and to, in, in carnal, murderous ambition, take what God gave him, he recognized where that came from. And because he knew God's heart, he knew, nope, God put him in position God's going to have to take him out. And God called me to the position, and he'll put me in when he's ready. Because he also said, don't touch his anointed. And, and Saul was anointed by God, and I'm not to deal with him because of his behavior. I'm to deal with him because God put his hand on him. And I'm not going to raise my hand against God. Wow. That's wisdom from heaven versus wisdom of the age. I use that as an example because, you know what? We can spiritualize some really awful earthly wisdom. Can you say amen? In our homes, in the way we treat people, in our dealings, in our actions, how do we wind up justifying things that we should never justify? We're walking in, we've, we've let ourselves be deceived into walking in earthly wisdom rather than wisdom from heaven. Come on, can you say amen? amen? I know, it just got like 10 times more sober in here. You can feel it in the room. Amen? amen. Well, Romans 16, uh, 17 to 19. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary. Here we have uh, a, another, another anchor point that are contrary to the teachings you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. 
Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Another translation says, be excellent at what is good and, to be, and be innocent of evil. So as, as we look at these things today, uh, what, what is our solution here is to filter all the wisdom we entertain through the filter of God's Word. So w- what I'm saying is, you know, current status of things in our land, we're banged up. Amen? We're fractured. We're banged up. But that's not bigger than God. God can bring us back. God can strengthen. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And so as I started off, you know, this morning, we're going to walk through things. You know, I could say over these last couple of years, there's been times where people have asked, well, okay, pastor, what is God doing in this? And my answer is, guess what? I don't know. But then there's a fork in the road. Do I do this or do I do this? Here's, I know he's not doing this. So I don't know everything about, but I'm taking a step with him here. Can you say amen? Sometimes I did that and I said, you know what? Oh, I missed that. Got to go back over and look. And so it's not a question of us being able to even navigate perfectly. But navigating in a way where we can allow the Lord to work in us and to work through us and to allow the strategies of what the enemy wants to do to not be accomplished. Amen? Amen. I don't say this, I'm not speaking on this this morning from a place of authority and figuring it out. I'm speaking of it from the authority of the Word of God and a trust that he's leading us through. Can you say amen? Amen. We're all to a certain degree, as we look at the times we're living in, we're looking into a fog. I mean, look at people who have tried to connect the end time prophecies and lay out what it looks like and and have not nailed it for the last 2,000 years, right? Oh, now I understand. We got the secret figured out here. And, And we come to find out, no. Right? So we keep trusting. We keep walking in ways where we can say, Lord, I'm going to push out of my life the things that would deceive. So I realize part of me wants to make 5,000 balancing statements to what I'm saying here today. So you don't leave saying, well, what did he mean by this? What did he mean by this? What did he mean by that? I can't do that this morning. But what I do know is you can take these principles back to the Word of God. And if we have humble hearts and humble spirits, God will make clear what he needs to make clear in how to apply these things out. Can you say amen? Amen. Like I'll give you another for instance. Here's something that I have to look at in my own life. I'll use myself as as an example. You know, um, I, I see something happen in our culture and I get angry about it. And it's a righteous anger. But how do I walk that out? Do I walk that out in the Lord? Or do I walk that out in my flesh? Sometimes I'm thinking I'm in the Lord and halfway through I'll say, I'm not. And I got to do a turnaround. Amen? Amen. Or sometimes I'm in the flesh and I say, oh, I realize where I started here. I got to on-ramp, you know? So I want you to know, like, 
in this, there's no, um, gosh, I didn't necessarily think I was going to quite meddle into minefields and things like this this morning, but uh, let me say it this way. Uh, there's no ulterior shot across the bow that I'm giving in any kind of statements here today. Amen? There's no ulterior shot across the bow. I don't have a particular perspective that I think somebody might be holding that I'm trying to... What I'm really talking about is a heavy, heavy burden that in these last days, the body of Christ has gotten pummeled and the world is getting pummeled and God has called the body of Christ to be the head and not the tail and to absolutely reign victorious amidst perilous, dark, confusing, difficult, deceptive times. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so if, if there, I, I, I really want to, I, I want to invite us. So we're, we're pursuing for April 3rd, this, uh, this sacred assembly. And uh, the timing of this sacred assembly got moved from what we were originally going to do is kind of like New Year made sense as kind of logically speaking, uh, as a time to dedicate ourselves to the Lord, um, you, you know, for the new things that God wants to do. And there's been some words, some ongoing words from the Lord uh, that he's bringing us to new places, that he's doing new things, uh, that there are purposes that he wants to unfold, there's gifts that he wants to unlock, and that there's a work that he wants to do moving in the future. And um, I think by way of preparation, one of the things that the Lord wants to do is clean away the things that are harmful in our lives that have come as a result of walking through very, very difficult times. Can you say amen? And so again, I, I'm, I, I want you to understand that... Uh, I heard somebody say, you know, in these difficult days, you know, there's my perspective here and this person's perspective here. And we just agreed that we would wait till they get to heaven and find out that I'm right. I want you to know, I think there's going to be a whole lot of, uh, that person was joking, but I, I think the pathway through is eyes on the Lord. Let, let me go back to a moment. Loves God, says go right. Loves God, says go left. How do we get through? I tell you one thing God doesn't want. Bitterness, unforgiveness, malice, anger, depression, all kinds of stuff that comes along. Come on, can you say amen? I'm really going somewhere I wasn't, but, but I really feel like the, the Lord is, is telling me to, to do this. We will, if, if we keep our hearts humble... We choose to love. We walk these things out that we talked about to pursue his path, not, not living in the flesh. See, that, that the enemy would love for there to be a fence, and then we just get carnal. And now we're taken right out of the, right out of the picture. For some who have just decided to walk away, was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, they, 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 I was asking about somebody that's no longer walking with the Lord, and they said, you know what, in their job, they just ran into one too many Christians who wasn't living it, and just said, I'm done. That's what the enemy wants to do. That's the enemy's strategy, right? So there it was, cut and dry, wrong and right, 
versus, hey, who's walking this out rightly right now? What I'm saying is this, if we will keep our hearts humble, stay in love, stay out of the flesh, know that the truth is, is the word, I'm pointing to my iPad because my Bible is there, right? Get the picture there, you know, that we're, we're anchored on the truth, right? And that we don't embrace the, the wisdom of this age, but that we filter everything through that. You know, some of what we leaned into here today. So uh, we're not led by our flesh. We're not led by our emotions. Those things are servants, not masters. We're going to get through. I mean, this is heavy. You feeling as heavy as I'm feeling? But I tell you, I sleep at night because Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen? And so I, I just, as imperfectly as we may walk through in each other's, as, as we view each other, we're going to get through if we keep our eyes on the Lord and we're anchored in His Word and we cling to the truth and we choose to walk in love. I believe that with all my heart. Can you say amen? amen. I, I, I'm unpacking all of that because I believe part of what we're going to see as, as we move into the spring season, this next season, I think there's some healing that's going to happen. I think there's some, some things where God is going to minister to hearts. I think there will be more clarity as we move forward. And as we are in Christ united, there's going to be a flow and an outpour of His Spirit that the Lord is wanting to uh, loose. That the, the Lord is wanting to loose. Amen? Amen. Pastor James, would you come? You're all coming back next week for part two, right? <laughs> I was thinking to myself this morning, maybe I should just try to get it all in one, man. It's, uh, it's getting heavy. But I believe with all my heart, you, you know, there's been too much of when, when Joshua saw the angel and he said, are you for us or them? The angel's response was no. Wrong question. I think there's more places where that's true. Lord, if you're for my argument or their argument, you for my approach or their approach. And the Lord's saying, no, eyes on me. First love, anchor in the truth. Evaluate your own walk. Clear the junk out. And then we'll see what, what the Lord wants us to do about these dark issues that, church, we do need to stand against. Amen? Amen. It's thorny. It's muddy. But Jesus is Lord. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? Pastor James is going to lead us in worship, and then, uh, and then we're going to close in prayer. Search my heart 
Pastor James, if you would just continue to pray. I just want to invite our, our prayer folks and our intercessors in the room now, if you just begin to pray in the spirit. And I'd just like to invite every person who calls Grace and Peace home, this church family, uh, you're in attendance, uh, you're, you're a regular attender, you're a member. I just want to invite you now just to really, really press in. I, I, I have just such a, a strong sense in, in, my, in my spirit that there, there are really significant things that the Lord is desiring to do, wonderful things that is really uh, desiring to do uh, in us, in, in our midst, and, and to be at work. And so, Father, we just uh, press in this morning and we seek your face, God. Lord, uh, what, what, a, what a, a heavy, heavy thing for us to be talking about these sobering days that we live in. And yet, Lord, we're not downcast because we know, Jesus, you rule and you reign. And Holy Spirit, you are greater. You are the greater one in us than he that is in the world. And, and Lord, maybe for, for some of us, you know, we've just been muscling through and we start to stop and poke and prod and deal with, with the life around us. And Lord, it hurts and, and it's difficult and, and we start coming to terms and Lord, evaluating that kind of stuff is not fun. But Lord, we trust you and we put ourselves in your hands. We make this room an altar before you this morning. And God, we just say first and foremost, we want to start, Lord, we want to come to your throne of grace with a humble heart. Lord, we want to come in a place of repentance, looking in our own lives first. And so God, Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for where we have missed the mark. God, I, I pray that you would forgive us for where we have operated in the flesh. God, I pray where our pride or our ego uh, has been something that has tripped up what you would do in us, what you would do through us. God, we pray that you would forgive and wash clean from those things. Lord, where we have allowed bitterness or offense to come into our hearts, Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for that. Lord, where we have let love of this world and things in this world come in in such a way where our love for you has grown cold, Lord, forgive us if, if we've walked in religion, but we've not uh, fostered and made first place the relationship. God, please wash us clean of all these things. Thank you, Lord. Father, we choose to release bitterness in Jesus' name, unforgiveness in Jesus' name. Father, we pray where the, the spirit of this age has come in and stolen away those we love who are walking after this world and not walking after you. God, we stand in the gap for them. And we call them home in the name of Jesus. Father, we stand in agreement together. We come against the spirit of this age. We come against the vain imaginations, the false philosophies, and, and every uh, high and lofty thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. 
and those that are wayward and those that are backslid and those that have run away from you. Father, we call them home and we pray that you would pour your spirit out on your church. Lord, we pray for this church and we pray for every Bible-believing church that you would help us be those uh, that, that could, Lord, create an environment in your presence that, that would be a place where they could run to, to, to be restored, to be healed, to be made right with you. We thank you for it, God. Father, for all of us as we navigate through these times, may we be like the sons of Issachar that understood the times and knew what to do. Lord, our eyes are on you. We trust you. We love you. to what you would want to say that we're that open our eyes to show us what we're not seeing open our ears to hear you in whatever ways we're not hearing what you want us to hear God soften our hearts God take what's stony Lord if we're in confusion and we don't even know it Deliver us, we pray now in Jesus' name. If we're in deception and we don't even know it, Lord, deliver us in Jesus' name. And God, I pray above it all, Lord, when the butting of heads, when the clashing, when the disagreeing comes, Lord, more than ever before, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, let us be clothed in love. It's your love that conquers. So, Lord, fill us with your love. Lord, we bow low on your altar today and remove everything from our lives that would obstruct your love from pouring through us, God. around the sanctuary, watching online, wherever there is agreement in this prayer now. Father, that we would lock arms together and through love, pursue your face, pursue your heart in these days ahead. Lord, we say that we are committed to live by faith. Thank you that you're greater than everything that we need you to be greater than. Release us, stir us up, break us out wherever it's needed, God. 
we just commit together to seek your face. And may there be deliverance where it's needed, healing where it's needed, peace where it's needed. Thank you, God. So Lord, we just commit this time into your hands. We thank you so much for being here. We thank you for leading us. Thanks for walking us through, Lord. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. 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 Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, church family, I just want to invite you, just as I, I promise I won't go into sermon number two here. I just want to invite you, as we leave this place, look for and be aware of opportunities that the Lord wants to use to work through you, coming out of what we looked at here today. And I, I just want, in, in, your, in your own prayer time and devotion time for whoever this is for, don't be surprised if there's times where you really sense the Lord is wanting to just come and do something just really massive in your heart. I just feel like there's something that he's just positioning us to do. And I think it's going to be inside here and it's going to be outside here. So, amen. Amen. God bless you. Be blessed today. Amen.